This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Told my wife I'll give up football next weekend in order to watch the two games today. Well, I'm happy for him. There's no, there's no good football next week. There's no football next week, but that's the point. She doesn't know that. So she's probably thinking, okay, this is a good deal. I'll, I'll let you watch both the games today, and then you can't watch football next weekend because who's watching the Pro Bowl? And if you're listening to this right now, we're joking. There is good football next week. Uh, he just won't see it. Yeah, he just won't see it if you're listening to this. There is good football next week because everyone's into the Pro Bowl. All right, let's get to it. 800-919-3776. In case you missed it, he was Adam Schefter earlier on SportsCenter regarding the Packers possibly trading Aaron Rodgers. It's a real possibility. I think there are people around the league who believe ultimately that Green Bay is going to trade Aaron Rodgers. He certainly sounds like a quarterback who is prepared for that possibility. But at some point here in the coming days, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are going to have to sit down and have an open, frank discussion about what each side wants to do moving forward. And there are people who believe the Packers are open to trading him, and there are people who believe that Aaron Rodgers would like to finish his career somewhere else. We haven't heard either side address that specifically. It's just out there, as it was a couple of off-seasons ago with Aaron Rodgers. And until we hear otherwise, that will continue to remain a possibility for a variety of reasons driven by the numbers involved, the salary cap situation, his contract, the state of the franchise, his own feelings. But the idea that Aaron Rodgers could be traded this offseason is a very real possibility. And that is music. There we go. That is music to my ears. And you guys know I'm a big music fan. Music to my ears. Of course you should want Aaron Rodgers, Jet fans. I, I, It drove me crazy this week listening to some of the takes from fans. No, don't want Aaron Rodgers. He's washed. He's too old. Uh, so we got that Schefter report today. So it looks like it is becoming a lot more realistic. Rodgers could be on the move, which, by the way, man, that's my favorite quarterback of all time. So to have my favorite quarterback ever on my favorite team when we desperately need a quarterback and we've essentially got everything else, still a lot, you know, some holes to fill. But we saw last year they, they were a quarterback away from being a real I don't want to say championship contender, but a playoff contender who could possibly make some noise in the play in the playoffs once they got there. Aaron Rodgers is so good that we actually start to exaggerate how bad he was last season because he set a standard winning back-to-back MVPs. He's a four-time league MVP. He's a one-time Super Bowl champion. So how about this? Like 3,600, 3,695 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, and a 91.1 rating. That would have been one of the best seasons in franchise history for the Jets. Fifth most passing yards, tied for third in touchdowns, and fourth in rating. And not to mention, he was playing all year with a broken thumb. And that's not to make excuses for him. Guys get injured all the time. But you remember that game in London against the Giants on the final play where where the the Giants defense corralled a, a strip sack to end that game. He broke his thumb. People forget the Packers started this year 3-1. and one. That one loss was opening day against the Vikings. The game completely changed on that Christian Watson drop touchdown. They got blown out, but that one play changed the complexion of the, of the game. The Packers started 3-1. and one. Rodgers gets hurt in that London game against the Giants. The Giants beat him there. The Jets beat them next week, and their season you know, fell apart there for a while before they made things interesting 
you know, going on a hot streak to, to get them into a position to make the playoffs. But playing with a broken thumb all year, an offensive line that just couldn't seem to get healthy, and a bunch of young receivers after losing Devontae Adams. So for Rodgers, yes, it was a down year. And the interceptions which is mystifying because we're not used to seeing Aaron turn the ball over at the clip that he did this season. But part of that, again, has to do with the thumb, not having the, the camaraderie with his receiving core and, and playing with a bunch of young guys. Imagine being that type of Jet fan, though. You watch your team miss the playoffs 12 straight seasons, which, yes, is the longest drought in the NFL. You've watched them search for a quarterback pretty much your whole life. And now a Hall of Famer becomes available, albeit at an advanced age of 39. But you've decided that you're the organization that's too good for him? Yeah, I'll pass. As if there's some alternative out there? What's the better option? And don't give me Jimmy Garoppolo, who can't stay healthy. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers at this elite level for for two more years, which... I think we all can assume he's. we're, we're going to get a really good to great Aaron Rodgers for at least two years. Maybe after that, who knows what happens. But for the next two years, we can get really good to elite level quarterback play from Aaron Rodgers. Would you rather that or five years of Derek Carr? Who I like, by the way. I think Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. But are you taking five years of Derek Carr over two years of an elite Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I, like, to me, this is a slam dunk. I don't even think it's all that controversial or interesting to discuss because I don't see the other side of it. Of course you should want Aaron Rodgers. Becomes the best, as from a talent perspective, the best quarterback you've ever had for a team that this year, if they just had average quarterback play, would have been in the playoffs. So that's easy to me. Like, that's not even... Like, I don't even see how folks could make an argument for the other side of it. The Jets' defense this year was top five. Their rushing attack, really good. Had some weapons. Were there some, some holes on the offensive line? Of course. Were there some coaching decisions you would like to have back? Absolutely. But you plug Aaron Rodgers onto this team with Brees Hall coming back, with AVT returning, You've got the 13th pick, but you're probably going to get rid of, you know, going to have to trade for Aaron Rodgers. But your your ability to, you know, find a way to, to, to make your offensive line much more formidable with these weapons, oh, yeah, I'm signing up for that. And by the way, listen, like the, uh, the Dolphins, assuming Tua comes back, they're a player. I, I've got no respect for for the Patriots as long as you know Mac Jones is their quarterback. So I'm I'm just not even entertaining them. And, and that's no disrespect to Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all, of all time. But Mac Jones, uh, that that to me is is where you lose your ability to contend for the AFC East. I, I think the Jets are right there with the Bills as far as this division is concerned. If they get Aaron Rodgers, I I I think they are right there. And look, Nathaniel Hackett was hired this week, and you know people were spewing out how his offenses have ranked. I don't care if he had the 67th ranked offense in all of football. If it means I'm closer to getting Aaron Rodgers, that is a huge victory. That is a huge, huge victory. So yes, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers in a heartbeat. I don't even think there's another side to it. 
Could you imagine this guy here next year? What that would mean for this organization? You could leg- you could legitimately entertain like Super Bowl aspirations, right? Now a lot a lot of other things need to be put into place because you got to figure out. You know, defensively with, you know, Lawson and Mosley and what you're going to do with Quinnen. Like, there are some financial decisions that have to be made. Brees Hall actually needs to come back and and have that same burst. You know, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, these guys you have faith in. Berrios is probably going to be gone. And who knows if Elijah Moore uh, will be involved in a potential trade for Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what what the pieces will be going back, but you know it's probably going to be two first-rounders. Listen, of course I'm taking Aaron Rodgers, guys. Of course I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. And, and, and to have your ceiling be maybe we get to the AFC Championship game, potentially get to the Super Bowl, it's got me giddy thinking about it. Jose in Brooklyn wants to talk. What's up, Jose? How you doing, Ty? I, I'm uh, doing a lot better if, I, if Schefter breaks the story that Rodgers is on his way to the Jets. And I, and, and I would be, too, as a Jet fan. I think Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback. Um, there are a little personality flaws that do uh, worry me with, you know, his front runner, past, you know, past and everything. But, I, I, but as far as, you know, his numbers and his statistics and everything, and him with Garrett Wilson or and the, the, the tight ends that we have and everything, he would totally make us a playoff team. My concern is is in those situations against elite defenses, you know, where where if we fall behind, you know, is he gonna crawl crawl into a circle like he always does, or is he or or is he gonna be a great or, or is he gonna be you know what people want him to be, and that's kind of my thing. But um, I hope we do get him, and I and and I do do agree with your points. My my little concern is is Devonte Adams did choose five years over Derek Carr, even though he didn't get that. So you know that 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 would be how did work how did work out for Devonte Adams? Still Pro Bowl man, and how, he had how, 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 how did it work out as far as him getting you know to relevancy, which is getting to the playoffs and contending for championships, which he was doing with Aaron Rodgers. How did that work out for him? Was that a good decision? Uh, from a wide receiver standpoint, they all they all, from. From their, their 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 greatness is based off of their numbers, and they can bounce back. We saw it with Randy Moss, so it's not you know we we, we can't really. And it might go, not work out. I know this is an aside, but look, if Derek Carr is not going. He went there to play with Derek Carr, his uh, old uh, college buddy, and now they don't have a quarterback. So I mean, who knows? Maybe Brady goes there and he'll be happy all over uh, again. But I, of course, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite working. No, I'm I'm just saying I'm just bringing it up you know there 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 is, there, there is some drawback with Rodgers even though I'm a huge fan of his as well. Of course, and I appreciate yeah. the call, Jose. Really, really good phone no. call. And yes, there are some, there are some concerns as far as like the his personality sometimes alienating teammates, uh, being ownery. I get that. I I understand that part of it, but when you're an organization that has been starving for a franchise quarterback for this long, and you've got an opportunity to go out there and get Aaron freaking Rodgers, uh, to me, that is a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. Even if I'm only getting two really good years out of him, I'm signing up for that. Because now now, now we're playing with the big boys. And you mentioned how is he going to respond to you know being facing deficits. Now for the first time in God knows how long, 
we feel like we have a quarterback who is able to help us come back when we're down 10, down 14. Because in those types of games, we're used to saying, all right, this game's over. We just aren't built to come back. Having Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that completely changes things. By the way, so much happening on this first drive for the Eagles against the Niners. So the Niners won the toss. They defer. Eagles get the ball first. And now they're in the red zone. Jalen Hurts is dancing in the pocket. Uh, A couple things happened. So Fred Warner went down, and it looked like it could be a significant injury, so much so that the, the, the Vegas line moved by an entire point. But he did return, thankfully. Don't want to see anyone get hurt. Uh, Fred Warner back in the game. Uh, the Eagles moving the chains. Third and eight play. Great great catch by, uh, who was it, A.J. Brown going to the ground. And then on fourth and three, fourth and three, Jalen Hurts rolling to his right down the sideline to Devontae Smith, who makes a one-handed catch, gets the elbow down for the first down, and now uh, they punch it into the end zone. Who is this, Maxwell or Sanders? Harvey, who is this? This is Miles Sanders. So the the first touchdown of the game is scored by Miles Sanders. So just like that, that Eagles offense continues to just be humming. They go up 6-0, pending extra point. This could be a 7-0 deficit for the Niners. And, I mean, what a what a first drive by Jalen Hurts and that Philadelphia offense. What a first drive. Jesus, what a tremendous game this is going to be. 800-919-3776. We will continue to talk about Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. And, look, if this happens, nothing's going to be able to bring me down. I'll tell you what I would give up, by the way. Coming up, I'll tell you what I would give up if it meant Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. This the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Some sort of hand signal to Jalen Hurts that alerted them that they needed to run and play quickly uh, so that Kyle Shanahan wouldn't be able to have his uh, video people tell him in his ear that he should challenge it. So that costs the Niners four points. That costs seven points, actually, because it's fourth down. So that's the difference. You know, that's a momentum-changing play right there. You you get a fourth down turnover on downs, and now you've got the ball with a chance to take the lead on your first drive. Uh, so big play there from uh, from Devontae Smith. Miles Sanders scores the touchdown. Eagles are up 7 nothing, and now their defense is on the field. Looks like the San Francisco just picked up a first down that's going to move the chain. So I'll continue to keep you guys posted on this game. Should be a great one. Brock Purdy against Jalen Hurts. Kyle Shanahan, Nick Sirianni, and the storylines are there. So definitely keeping you posted on that. Ty Butler going until 5 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. And make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Ty D. Butler. Instagram as well, 800-919-3776 as we continue to discuss Aaron Rodgers. But let's head back to the phone lines, if you will. Spike's calling us from St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Good to hear my buddy on the air and uh, quick opinions on the football, uh, notwithstanding the early score. Uh, I think San Francisco is going to pull this one out. I just think they have too many good players. And being a Giant fan, I can't stand the Eagles. 
So that's one you don't bet if you bet them in a non-betting state. And in the other game, I, I think Kansas City, listen, I know the record. Everything's tilted towards this young fellow from LSU. He's played magnificent, but Buffalo looked like they were going backwards last week. So uh, the choice is uh, Mahomes is, what is he, two and three in these closeout games or something? But I'll go with Andy Reid and I'll go with Mahomes. Looking forward to that game. So one last thing because it's hoops and you're my hoops guy. You must have died last night when LeBron that no call oh by Eric Wilson. It drove me crazy. And the fact that there what are you- people on social media because LeBron, for what Spike's yeah. talking about is. Lakers Celtics tied at 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 the end of regula- at the end of regulation. LeBron's driving to the basket with his left hand, clearly fouled by Jason Tatum. The officials didn't call it, so he clearly is irate and he's having a meltdown on the court. And you know, people are actually criticizing LeBron, calling him a big baby. That's a big missed call. That's that's a a, a big missed call. That's a game changer. And and the thing that bothers me, my buddy, who I told you about, grew up with, was an ex-ball player at a high level. He said to me, you know, they have all these implementations of these videos and challenges. He says, you know, missing a call. Now, look, those are two superstars. I understand it. I understand where they were playing. But Eric Lewis came out after the game and said, we, we missed a call. Well, you just can't say that. I, this two-minute report at the yeah. end of the game always bothered me the next day because what if it's two minutes and four seconds? Uh, look, LeBron wanted that game. The Lakers are heading up. They're coming into the garden and the thing with his son. But I know it's a football show, and I'll leave you with this. Uh, that was a bad beat for LeBron because that uh, was as obvious of a foul as I've ever seen. Terrible, man. Terrible. And I appreciate the call, Spike. That, that just, I mean, put me in a foul mood last night because I— like, how do you miss that call? How do you miss that call? And there's nothing more frustrating than that last two-minute report that you get that'll, that'll tell you, yeah, we missed it. We blew it. it. That's as obvious as it comes. And I heard Grasa driving in, you know, to the studio today. Like, for, it would be different. Not that it makes it better, but if this is some, with all due respect, if this is Patrick Beverly. Like, maybe he doesn't get that call. But LeBron James, one of the best players in the league, probably the greatest player in NBA history. <laughs> like, for him not to get that call, how, how do you blow that if you're the officials? That, that, that was insane. And then the Celtics, of course, go on to win in overtime. That would have been their fourth straight loss. And if you're a Sixer fan, you're watching that rooting for the Lakers because the Sixers were coming off a, a, a big win against the Nuggets where they came back from 15 down. And if the Celtics lose that game, then all of a sudden they're tied in the loss column for the number one seed, which, you know, it is going to be an advantage because the Eastern Conference playoffs are, are, are going to be exciting. It's going to be really competitive. Home field or home court advantage could be the ultimate swing and then from an individual standpoint, if the Sixers win the East, the number one seed in a regular season, then all of a sudden then Joel Embiid might be the MVP. But altogether, that, that's just a, a pathetic showing by the officials last night. I, I cannot believe they missed that call. Then I've got people criticizing LeBron. He's a baby. He's whining. You act like you've never – really? In that moment, he's not allowed to be frustrated. He's not allowed to be irate at what was clearly a missed call. 
And then I got to see Skip Bayless on Twitter talking about, well, yeah, LeBron's probably happy they missed the call because one thing he hates is hitting free throws in crunch time. What a troll that guy is. What a troll that guy is. And ha- Rick DiPietro, who I thought was my guy, Harvey, did you hear this? Rick DiPietro, just a, a little unprovoked drive-by shooting on your boy Ty, where I, there, Peter said something last week about you know the Giants losing that game. He'd rather miss the playoffs, which was controversial, and it made waves no, on no, the station. No, no, one of the worst takes in the history of the station. No, it was not a great take. It was not a great take, and I said as much. But in discussing it the next day on DPH on Rothenberg, which you can hear every morning, you can hear every morning from 6 to 10 a.m. right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Dave had some fun with it. He's calling Peter, he's calling him Peter Bayless, like the Skip Bayless of the station. And then Rick Rick just throws in, yeah, we've got a couple of those guys here. Ty's one of them. Really? You, you become, think I'm Skip Bayless? That, that I'm not even close to that guy. Skip Bayless doesn't have LeBron as one of the ten greatest players in NBA history. Yeah, you, you got caught by strays, unfortunately. You, you're basically guilty by association. Yeah, but unprovoked, and like at least there be some merit to it. Like there is no comparison to between me and that guy. He's got. I mean, you can you can say that I've got takes that you disagree with, or you could say, oh, tight trolls sometimes. That's just having fun. Skip's got just horrible opinions about everything. Tim, He'd rather have Tim Tebow over Aaron Rodgers. You know, LeBron's not one of the 10 greatest players ever. Mahomes is overrated. Like, yeah. He's just got terrible takes all over the place. Derek Jeter's overrated. When, Nick Saban's overrated. Like, come on. Like, those are just awful, like, all-time bad. You can't say that about me. At least I can present a good argument for if you disagree with it. You're like, that's not crazy. I disagree with you, but it's not crazy. Skip's just awful with his opinions. When Rick said that and you heard it, did it leave you like this? <laughs> no, it did It actually broke me inside because I'm like, fam, I, th- I thought we were boys. I thought you were my guy. I thought you were my guy. And I'm come to find out you just... I'm I'm catching strays. By the way, so turn of events in this in this uh, Eagles Niners game, we we talked about it last hour. When that critical mistake comes from Brock Purdy, how is he going to be able to handle it? Is he going to be able to overcome in-game adversity in a big spot against an elite team? So it looked like. On the field, Brock Purdy had a pass that was deflected. Looked like it might have been incomplete. It bounced. Replay reviews show that it was a fumble. So now the Eagles have the ball at midfield, third and four, with an opportunity to get back into the red zone and maybe get this to a two-score game. I'll let you know how this unfolds. Uh, Niners defense gets the stop. Uh, so you would assume from midfield they're going to kick it. So it's not going to hurt them, uh, the Niners, uh, on this drive because the Eagles are going to punt it back to Purdy. But is he going to be able to respond and deal with this type of in-game adversity in clearly the biggest game of his career, the NFC Championship game, against, you could argue, the best team in football? That, that's, that, to me, is what I'm watching for in this game because I think the Eagles are better not that the Niners have no shot. Obviously, they can win this game. But if there's when there's that much of a mismatch at quarterback and a mistake like that is made, does it become like an avalanche of mistakes? Because it's just still a rookie, seventh-round pick, last pick in the draft. 
but I'll continue to keep you posted on that game. 800-919-3776. We'll continue to keep the phone lines open for Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. I think you're if you're a Jet fan, if you don't want Aaron Rodgers, you are out of your mind. Make the argument that Aaron Rodgers coming to this team would be a bad move. I dare you. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Questionable with an elbow injury. Into the game comes Josh Johnson. And you're thinking, well, why does that name sound familiar? Well, it's because you might have heard Bob Rashusen, you know, calling Josh Johnson plays right here on this very airwave. Uh, last year, Josh Johnson, former Jet quarterback. Remember, he started that game against, uh, who was it, the Colts? When the Jets lost 45-30. What was that, back week nine of last year? He threw 27-41, 317 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Came up in mop-up duty the week before. I believe it was because Mike White had gotten hurt in that win against Cincinnati. Uh, so Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson came in uh, in relief of Mike White, who got hurt against Cincinnati, started the game against the Colts, and as I mentioned, helped the Jets uh, score 30 points in that game. Uh, but you know, now he's in the game for the Niners. It's an elbow injury for Brock Purdy. He is questionable to return. So, I mean, it, this, this is just not the start you want if, if you're Kyle Shanahan. The Eagles score a touchdown on their opening drive. Converted a fourth down play that the ball hit the ground, didn't review it. It led to seven points, and Brock Purdy turns the ball over in the ensuing possession. You get the ball back, and now he's hurt. And Josh Johnson is into this game. So you look at all the quarterbacks they've gone through this year. Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, now Brock Purdy. Three quarterbacks getting hurt. That's that's just tough tough luck if you're the Niners. Because you've got all the pieces and all the makings of, of really being the best team in football. If, if, if Trey Lance projected to be really good. Like We saw the one throw he made in preseason. It was a 70-yard bomb for a touchdown pass in the first preseason game. And we're thinking this kid could be legit. If they just got really good quarterback play consistently, which they have uh, with Purdy. But I'm saying like if this was something they can, could have consistently year in and year out, then the Niners could very well be that team every year we're talking about winning the Super Bowl. But for some reason, there's just been tough injury luck with this team. And now they're going to try to win the NFC Championship with their fourth quarterback of the season, which you you don't ever see. So Josh Johnson into the game. He he got mauled, sacked, and now the uh, Niners are forced to punt. Eagles get the ball back. So it, this is danger zone if you're San Francisco because that Eagles offense gets rolling and, you know, you, you could be facing a big deficit with your with your fourth-string quarterback. So I'll keep you guys posted on that game. Once again, Brock Purdy questionable to return with a right elbow injury. It is Josh Johnson into this game right now. So that's a tough one. Back to the Jets. I think folks are 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 – misremembering what happened and what happened uh, with two trades because there's there's a little bit of revisionist history on both the Carmelo Anthony and Brett Favre trades 
And it's kind of mystifying to me because what you learn is as time passes, details become a bit hazy and, and, and folks just don't remember it correctly. So people are comparing Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets uh, to the Carmelo Anthony trade. They're like, it'll be the Carmelo Anthony trade all over again as if the Melo trade was bad. Remember, so the Knicks ended up giving up Raymond Felton, Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, Timothy Mozgov, two future seconds in a first rounder for Carmelo Anthony, Chauncey Billups, Anthony Carter, Ronaldo Bachman, and Sheldon, Sheldon Williams. Now, the names we actually care about are Melo and Billups. Billups actually really helped them before you know, he succumbed to old age. I believe he got hurt, and then the Knicks had to amnesty him. But he was really good for them. And then Carmelo Anthony was the best player on a 54-win team that won a playoff series. Bing bong! So that's glory days for the Knicks. Like, to, to sit here and dismiss that as if it didn't happen, as if you're a franchise that is used to winning, come on, that's lunacy. The best player on a 54-win Nick team, that was the number two seed, and potentially, you know, remember, people were like, they could challenge the big three in Miami. They won a playoff series that year. They beat the Celtics in six. And then the Roy Hippert block happened in, in the second round against the Pacers, and then they were never to be heard from again. But think about what happened that year. Prior to that season, the last time the Knicks had won 54-plus games was 96. You at that time have to go back 16 years to find the last time they had that good of a regular season. The last time they won a playoff series was 2000. So you go back 12, 16 years to find out, 16 years you go back to find the last time the Knicks had that successful of a regular season. 12 years to go back to find the last time the Knicks had that successful of a playoff se- a series, a playoff se- season, and you're going to sit here and tell me that was a bad trade? Remember, Melo finished third in the MVP that year. Third in MVP voting that year. And you go back the last 35 years, the only... Three guys to finish top eight in MVP voting were Patrick Ewing, Randall, who a couple of years ago finished eighth, and Melo that year, who finished third. So we're talking about things that season that that had that happened that were just so rare, and we're going to just dismiss it. Why? Because it didn't age well. It well, the reason why it didn't age well wasn't because of Melo and the trade. It, it was because Amari Stoudemire kept getting hurt. If Amari had stayed healthy, that Nick team would have been good for years. Really good. I think only Miami was clearly better than them. So you're saying your ceiling could be a competitive six, seven game series against the Heat that maybe you win if Amari and Melo stay healthy? So I, I think at times, because this happened a lot with the Donovan Mitchell trade, oh, this could be the Melo trade all over again as if the Melo trade was bad. Guys, you're just remembering it incorrectly. The Melo trade was was a great one. It was the only move to make. You gave up a bunch of guys who didn't really do anything after they left New York for a superstar who was your best player on a 54-win team that was the number two seed in the Eastern Conference that made it to the second round and was third in the MVP voting. He was a star in a time where you didn't have any. So so that so let's stop acting like that trade was a bad one. But when then we come full circle to the Brett Favre trade, another one that I think 
people just have revisionist history when it comes to. Brett, the Brett Favre trade worked for the first 11 games. The Jets were 8-3 and three and were riding a five-game winning streak when he got hurt. And offensively, they had some big games. I went back and looked this up. They put up 56 in Week 4 against Arizona. They hung a 47 spot in Week 10 against then the St. Louis Rams. Then they scored 34 in back-to-back games against the, the, the Patriots and the Titans. The Jets' offense this year was humming, and Favre was, was playing really well. They were 8-3 and three and doing some, some, some impressive things that year. And then he got hurt, and then he left and went to Minnesota. So that trade through the first 11 games looked great, if not for the injury. So this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, to me, is simple. Like, if the comp is, well, we don't want another Carmelo Anthony or Brett Favre situation, I mean, yeah, you do. I mean, you don't want, in the in the situation with Melo, for your second star to get hurt or with Favre for him to get hurt, but the trades worked. Those trades worked. And if I've got Aaron Rodgers, even at age 39, who's still a top seven quarterback in football with this team, I'm getting a shot not to just make the playoffs, but to challenge the Bills for this division and to maybe, maybe knock on the door of being competitive against Cincinnati and and, and the Chiefs, you're right, you're right there. You are right there. So I would absolutely take Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. 800-919-3776, the Eagles punting again. So not a lot of scoring early in this game as we – Near the end of the first quarter, Philly's up 7 nothing. I uh, will give you an update on Brock Purdy, but he did leave the game favoring his elbow, listed as questionable, and former Jet Josh Johnson came into this one. So uh, for the Niners' sake, hopefully they can get their start. They're on their fourth quarterback this season <laughs> and still somehow are a win away from getting to the Super Bowl. Lane Johnson right now is getting off a second early on, on every pass. So he, so he looks good. He, he, he Jane Lane Johnson looks good even though he's dealing with a, a torn groin. So we'll continue to keep you posted on this game. Tonight we've got the Bengals and the Chiefs. Super Bowl on the line. Who do you guys got getting there? 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Back in a moment right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Aaron Rodgers, that there's a chance he could come to the Jets. I start to think about, okay, what would I give up for that? And typically people would be like, you know, give up a body part or whatever amount of money. So I said this to someone this week. Like, if you told me the Yankees would miss the playoffs next year, I want to know how you feel about this, Harvey. If you told me the Yankees would miss the playoffs next year, but the Jets get a healthy Aaron Rodgers, I think that I'd take that. I would sign up for a like the Yankees missing the playoffs if it meant that I get a healthy Aaron Rodgers next season. Does that make me a bad Yankees fan, Harvey? Lay out these terms one more time. I get a healthy Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. Okay. But it means the Yankees miss the playoffs. I think i take that. You get a healthy Aaron Rodgers and that's it? Healthy Aaron Rodgers next year, yes. Because healthy Aaron Rodgers means that I could very well be contending for a Super Bowl next year. 
And if and if you put me in that position, but you tell me uh, what I have to give you in return for that is the Yankees missing the playoffs, I, I, I'm, I'm taking that. And you're asking if that makes you a bad fan. Does that make me a bad Yankees fan? Yes. How How so? Well, you're giving up one for the other, especially the fact that the Yankees haven't missed the playoffs probably since. Haven't missed the playoffs uh, since, what was it, 2008? And haven't made the World Series since 2009. Since 2009. By the way, do you know how long a baseball season is? They, the, well, actually, no, the Yankees missed the playoffs in 2016, right, when they sold, when that's when they, they traded Aroldis Chapman and Andrew Miller, yeah, when they when they got swept in that series by the Rays. Uh, that's that's the last time they missed the playoffs. And it's just 2017 they've made it since then. So 2016 and 2008 were the last two playoff exits. What, what were you saying? Do you realize how long a baseball season is that you're just going to essentially, it's like seeing a movie and already knowing the ending? I know, but I've never had like elite quarterback play. And if I can get that with this team, it means that I'm contending or, or at least in the conversation for coming out of the AFC. I, I think... Because of respect, you still have to give it to both the Bengals and the Chiefs. But Aaron Rodgers with this team means that I'm knocking on the door of, of beating one or two of those teams to get to the Super Bowl, which, I mean, I can't even imagine in, in, in my lifetime. So I, I, if it makes me a, a bad Yankees fan, I apologize. But I, I, I'm giving that up. I'm sorry. I, I, I am giving up the Yankees making the playoffs if it means I get a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Let me ask you. So you're playing the NFC East next year. Yep. And you got some. And a fourth place schedule. Yeah. You know what? It is doable that you guys can make the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, but you still need some other pieces, man. No, of course. But look, I'll tell you this. If they had Aaron Rodgers on this team this year, they absolutely make the playoffs. I think you win a playoff game, honestly. Yeah, you probably do win a playoff game. That's not that's not too much to say. I don't think that's going out on too much of a limb. You absolutely can make the playoffs and win a playoff game. At the AFC this year, uh, we saw, right? Like, the Chiefs-Bengals are, are clearly uh, ahead of everyone. But you get the Jags in there, they were beatable. The Ravens, without Lamar Jackson, beatable. The, uh, the Dolphins, with their third-string quarterback, Beatable. The Chargers, I mean, completely wet the bed, wet, wet, wet the bed on themselves in that game. They let twenty-seven nothing over Jacksonville and and, and still lost. So uh, you absolutely, to me, in my mind, make the playoffs this year with Aaron Rodgers. It's just a matter of now next year. You need to rebuild that offensive line. You need you need to f- figure out what you're doing defensively because some of these guys want to get paid and you're over the salary cap. So there are still some moves that need to be made. Obviously, it's just I I think that I want them so badly I I would give up the Yankees. Uh, you know, making the playoffs. What Lewis about and, the uh, What about the Knicks as not, a as a playoffs as a playoff non playoff team again? Yankees out of the playoffs. Knicks out of the playoffs. Name but I'm not playing. a Knicks fan. So you have to say Lakers. Like what? What I what I take. The Yankees and Lakers missing the playoffs, if it meant that my Jets get Aaron Rodgers, absolutely. <laughs> All right. I take it. Lewis in the Bronx wants to talk. What's up, Lewis? Hey, Todd. What up? I'm, I'm, dude, me and you are real buddies. We talk all the time. Okay. But don't be sacrificing my Yankees uh, playoffs <laughs> for your Jets. I'm not a Jets fan. I'm a Yankees Giants fan. Don't be trying to sacrifice the Yankees season so your Jets can play well. Listen, buddy. 
All put right. the body part on the line. Don't put my Yankee season on the line. So let me right? ask you a question. Let me ask you I'm a question. Let me ask you a question, Lewis. Listen, I'm listening. All right, so you got that game against the Eagles last last week, and let's just say the Cowboys had beaten the Niners. If I had told mm-hmm. you that your Giants went back-to-back games against the Eagles and Cowboys in the playoffs, but it meant the Yankees missed the playoffs next year, are you signing up for that? Mm, I don't know, no. I, I, would put, I, would, I would put something else on. I don't want to sacrifice my other team's success for one team's success. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not I- willing to sacrifice the Yankees' success for the Giants' success. I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> I feel you, man. I'm I sorry I ruffled some feathers. Team, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry I ruffled some fans. I'm still a diehard Yankee fan. You know this. We talk all the time. It's just I'm desperate. Yeah, I'm desperate. You know, the Giants fans are the Yankee fans out there that didn't appreciate that comment right there, you know? Because we don't care about the Jets doing anything. I mean, we love you guys, but we don't care about the Jets. Well, mess up the Yankees, you know well, what I'm saying? Well, I appreciate you checking me, bro. I appreciate that, man. And we'll look, we'll have some fun six weeks from now. Spring training, we'll be able to talk Yankees expectations. We'll be fine. They're not gonna miss the playoffs. It's not gonna happen. I'm just saying I'm desperate. I'm just saying I'm a desperate Jets fan. I want Aaron Rodgers on this team. I'm desperate. I just just gotta let the desperation calm down a little bit, man. Like just be a little bit. I know. I know patience is a bad word, but just be a little bit more patient, man. Y'all gotta have the foundation set up right. Y'all just want. Y'all trying to go in there like microwave. Y'all trying to microwave the success, man. Not microwave, man. It's been 12 years since you made the playoffs. That's uh, It's been 50 years since you made the Super Bowl. So it's not microwave. We've tried everything. It's not like your foundation is set up and you're saying, oh, we're just not making it. You don't have no real foundation set up. Yes, they do. They were 7-4 and four to start the season. They started the no, season. No, but see, but your quarterback wasn't set. But that, but that's the only thing. But that's the only thing, Lewis. You need a quarterback. You need a quarterback to have success in the NFL. You got to have a quarterback. Exactly, which is why I want one of the best quarterbacks in football who might be available. Just don't sacrifice the Yankees' playoffs hopes for that. That's all I'm saying. I got you, Lewis. Appreciate you, bro. Have a good one. Have a good one, Lewis. I, I listen. Yankee fans out here. Getting all emotion, I get it, I get it, I get it. But I just, I'm just saying, I would, I would, I would take that. I would sacrifice that. I, I would sacrifice the Yankees making the playoffs if it meant that the Jets, who I, I've never experienced have success past AFC Championship games, getting Aaron Rodgers and contending for Super Bowls. That's all I'm saying. So Yankee fans out there, relax. Um, I do got to end the hour this way. Just real quickly, I'm not going to take any phone calls on this, but I, it, it, it is incumbent upon me as someone sitting in this chair, being who I am, to simply point something out. I, I want to give a shout out to the NBA on Friday night for using its, pla- using its platform in the wake of the tragic death of Tyreek Nichols. Quite frankly, our country should be ashamed of itself. You watch that video of this 29-year-old father being beaten to death by five senseless cops, and it fractures your heart. I mean, you just, it's hard to go to sleep after that. So just imagine being his mom or his dad or being his kid who will have to now go the rest of his life without a father because these five guys who had a, a duty to protect and to serve displayed a level of evil, heinous, and nefarious behavior in the form of Let's call it what it is, police brutality, that I, I've never seen before. And it just it just crushes you. It's soul-crushing to watch something like that. And it, it went viral 
uh, on social media on Friday night. And then I, I, you know, for me, it's not something that I wanted to watch, but I just needed to see it. And it, it just, it, it just, it just hurt. It hurt watching that. I'm, I, and now I'm, you know, I'm tired of seeing tweets and politicians sending their condolences. I'm tired of the conversations that we have about how we can improve this situation. Look, the reality is, this nation has a has an issue as it pertains to police brutality, that far often leads to the death of unarmed innocent black men, and it doesn't feel like we're closer to rectifying this issue. And as someone who is a black man sitting in this chair. I am a black father with two black kids. It, it's a scary place to live in. It's a scary place to live in. We shouldn't have to eulogize 29-year-olds because of something that started with a, a routine traffic stop. Which, by the way, the police chief said maybe didn't really should, shouldn't have resulted in such. Parents, parents burying their kids should never happen, especially in the name of police brutality. And a kid losing their father because these officers couldn't control themselves, that's a disgrace. So as a country, we need to be better. We need to revamp this system and make wholesale changes to correct these issues because it's been plaguing us for 400 years. We keep saying all the right things, but something tangible needs to happen because what we saw on Friday night was an absolute embarrassment and a disgrace. We'll be right back. This the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.